0: Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. Well, our, this segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, give me a call or visit bullrealty.com. Today, we're going to talk about the office market. You know, it's been an interesting market with a lot of changes going on in the market. We've all heard about what's been going on with uh, WeWork, but what's happening in the market uh, today and what are some of the trends and some of the ideas that can really help us perform better as occupiers of space or investors. Please welcome my first guest. is Barbara Denham, and she's Senior Economist with Reese. Barbara, good to have you on the show again.
1: Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, Barbara, when you look at the uh, office market overall, uh, how is it really performing right now?
1: The office market is doing just fine. Uh, it's not hitting it out of the ballpark, but um, you could say it's having a uh, steady batting average uh, just below 300, say. <laughs> um, the net absorption this quarter came in at 6.8 million square feet. That was above the last two quarters so it's a healthy development um and it was just in line with the new uh, construction that came online this quarter which was seven million so the vacancy rate naturally was unchanged it's been unchanged really for almost six or eight quarters at 16.8 percent which is healthy but certainly not robust you know, this time uh, deep into the expansion in the 2000s and the 1990s, we had vacancy rates below 10%. So there is really something very, very different about this expansion, especially when it comes to the office market. The year-over-year effective rent growth was just 2.6%, which again is is fine, but it's just about at the rate of inflation. Uh, again, very much in line with previous quarters, but well below. Healthy, robust rates seen in uh, previous expansions.
0: Yeah, and it seems with all the job growth we've had, Barbara, an economy mm-hmm. really hitting on almost all cylinders. You know that mm-hmm. we'd be at a time with that vacancy would be lower, that we'd be below that ten percent again. You know what gives? What do you, you think is impacting the market that's keeping us at w- what we, we look at as kind of, I guess, normal vacancy rate uh, of sixteen point eight percent?
1: Well, there's two things to consider when it when it comes to job growth. Yes, job growth has been um, healthy and uh, consistent, although it has decelerated this year. In 2019, that said, when you look at the office employment base, it's decelerated even more so, and it has. Uh, you see a wide disparity between the markets where we're seeing the highest growth in office jobs and where we're seeing declines. So the difference between, say, the office sector and the rest is you see about 15 markets where there's office employment declines. And those include markets like Omaha, Nebraska, Dayton, Ohio, uh, a few in the Midwest and in the Northeast. So there's a wider disparity between the healthier markets and uh, the weaker ones, whereas when you look at total job growth, you see positive growth everywhere. Um, low, but still positive. So the markets on the West Coast and in Texas and Florida, that's where you're seeing the most growth.
0: And we're seeing that
1: reflected in the office statistics, not just occupancy growth, but rent growth is very, very wide. All the the four healthiest markets in the third quarter were all in California. Hmm. Uh, Oakland, Los Angeles, San Jose, and San Francisco were one one through four. And the ones at the bottom again were Dayton, Omaha, Hartford, and even Houston saw uh, was flat. So, um, so besides the deceleration, you do see um, some declines across the country in the office sector.
0: Yeah. Well, where might there be some opportunities, Barbara? Where maybe there's been less new supply, less new supply planned, but but mm-hmm. you've seen some uh, kind of healthy uh, occupancy or, or rent growth. Where, where might we? buyer bill today that might be op- opportunistic.
1: Yeah, I would go where the tech jobs are. Um, that seems to be driving most of the job growth and certainly most of the better paying jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of the tech jobs aside from those in California that I mentioned, you know, we see pretty healthy growth in Austin, Texas and Raleigh Durham, uh, Seattle of course, and, and, and a lot of markets in Florida doing well. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee is always on this list. Charlotte, Atlanta is in the top uh, 10 in terms of year-over-year rent growth. So, you know, there are pockets where you're seeing growth, and most of that growth is tech-related. Yeah.
0: Well, Barbara, there's been a lot in the news about uh, WeWork and what's been going on there. And it was like everyone was so excited about it, and, and everyone mm-hmm. was wanted WeWork and wanted uh, this kind of shared office environment in their buildings. But uh, uh, I guess WeWork's having their issues. So, how is it impacting mm-hmm. the market? Uh, what, what, what do you guys see out there?
1: Yeah, well, um, so I think you might One could argue that there's a bit of schadenfreude out there, all these landlords worried about WeWork, and now seeing their demise and kind of licking their chops. But it was still, uh, you know, it's still out there, and it's still um, uh, a disruptor to the office sector. And it's probably been to the benefit of tenants in that they've introduced a lot more flexibility in leasing negotiations, specifically with respect to terms and, I mean, length of late leases and um, escalation clauses, things like that. So it's been a tenant market throughout this expansion, and we were probably a big part of that. That said, they were clearly um, overconfident, to say it mildly, about their own um, success and their own model. They over-extended themselves, they over-leveraged, and now all of that uh, excess debt and um all oh, the deficit is really coming home to haunt them. You know, their owner is out. They A lot of their lease negotiations are in jeopardy. I'm sure a lot of landlords, you know, really want to question uh, their credit deposits. And, and, and any kind of negotiations, I'm sure, are fraught with a lot of risk right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, Barbara, when you look at uh, cap rates for the office uh, market around the U.S., what are the trends you're seeing there?
1: Uh, cap rates are... Uh, flat to rising a bit. I think it's a tough, tough um, sector to be in. Uh, What's so interesting about cap rates right now is, say, 10 years ago when they were just starting to rise from the height of the 2000s boom, the off sector was one of the strongest. It was in line with the retail sector and the apartment sector in terms of uh, being worthy investments. And it's still worthy investment. It's just uh, investors are much more cautious and very conservative about rent projections and uh, in this expansion the apartment market certainly is number one and it's the, the preferred asset class for any investors because of its strength its rent growth uh, it's very very low vacancy rate and remember the apartment market has that uh, competitor which is the housing market so it's almost recession proof in respect with when the economy it's hurting. People won't buy a home, and they actually demand apartment more. Whereas the office investment is definitely, you know, considered much riskier, as you know, firms do have more negotiation power. They may not extend their lease, or they may even downsize and ask uh, employees to work from home to cut their office expenses. And so it's a riskier bet, but still, it's still a very uh, safe, um, conservative bet as long as you price it right.
0: Yeah, well, that's interesting. Um, We're just taking the market around an $85 million property that's mixed use, and it's a lot of multifamily. And it's interesting Mm that extremely low cap rates we're seeing on this class A uh, portion of the property. But then there's some commercial, uh, which is a great opportunity, much higher cap rates. So seems like the the beauty's always in the eye. (laughs) of the beholder. Well, Barbara, what would you say to our audience in closing uh, about the office market moving forward? What do you expect for the the immediate future, at least?
1: You know, it's all about job growth. As long as we see positive job growth, um, the office sector should be fine. Um, I don't see rent growth increasing more than the rate of inflation going forward, Uh, but we're obviously keeping an eye on both uh, aggregate Job growth and then macro or uh, metro level job growth. So you really have to do your homework in terms of where you're seeing these job losses. And this isn't something you're going to see in a standard BLS report, you know, where the office sector is. Uh, So like I said, there's at least 10, maybe 15, where we're seeing office declines, and they're the ones you really need to be conscious of.
0: Right, right. Excellent. Well, great tips, Barbara. Thank you for being on the show again.
1: My pleasure. Thanks uh, for having
0: me. If you'd like more information from Reese, visit their re- website. It's Reese R-E-I-S dot com. And stay tuned. With, stay with us. We'll have more on the office market, including some trends and strategies you don't want to miss. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit BullRealty.com.
1: Would you
2: like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com.
0: Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out. It's the ultimate training for commercial real estate brokers. CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Today, we're talking about the office sector, the office market. We're talking about strategies for landlords. We're talking about strategies for tenants. Please welcome my next guest. is Harold Pandia. He's principal with CBT Architects and he's joining us on Skype. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, I appreciate it and uh, you guys do architectural work all over the world and we've talked to you before about some some of the strategies for office tenants and landlords and one of the things that seems really interesting I think to a lot of our listeners and viewers is kind of the evolved space we see, the evolved buildings today you know, what do you guys see from your end and the way things are trending when it comes to office building amenities and, and when tenants are building out their space, uh, you know, their process today? It seems like, you know, the younger people want something new that's helped us, you know, but, uh, you know, a lot of open space. Uh, and then it seems like now some of it's getting pushed back the other way. Where are we? What is going on?
2: Yeah, you know, that pendulum is going to keep swinging. As long as we have an influx of different generations uh, coming into the workforce, that pendulum is going to keep moving back and forth. And uh, we've been really uh, blessed in one way because millennials have come in and, uh, and really changed the way we look at everything. So, you know, all of a sudden we have, uh, you know, beer and pool tables and fitness centers and cafes. And um, it's been it's been a huge explosion as far as building amenities go. And and building owners, you know, are taking it very seriously because that's what attracts um, tenants and, you know, pays good rent um, and makes it uh, competitive. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of the same from building to building. But, you know, I think tenants are starting to look for slightly different things because now it's not if you have a gym. Is it do you have the best gym or do you have something else that the gym offers? Any other wellness classes, et cetera? So it's getting beyond um, just sort of the check the box, if you will.
0: Yeah, and if we have a, if we are a landlord and we have an office building, and we're trying to say, all right, well, we know we need a fitness center, and we know we need these things. How do we make it different? How do we make the experience uh, a little more uh, inviting to to attract and retain the right tenants?
2: And you know, you have that's it's a great question. You have to keep in mind that you are attracting not only the generation for which you've designed it for. You know, you also have us Gen Xers, you have uh, some baby boomers uh, left, and you have, in, a, in about 10 years, you're gonna have a lot of Gen Z uh, coming. And not too far in the future, Gen Alpha, who is the uh, children of millennials. So th- they're all coming. And um, so we wanna try to be relevant. We wanna make sure that the dollars that we're investing today for building owners and for tenants, that they're they're going a long way. So it becomes, like you said, a lot about the experience and uh, sort of what the memory of that of that space is and what it really does as far as creating um, a sense of uh, well-being, you know, to the to the to the employee. To
0: the yeah, and I think in terms of how important wellness is today, and and if uh, you know, if you're a listener or viewer of the show, you you probably understand how important I think uh, wellness and the wellness certification and the wellness of our space is to to the tenant productivity and the retention and, and recruiting and but but you're mentioning something a little different here not not wellness but well-being what are you talking about <laughs> you-
2: well I mean so you know I think we're all getting a lot more conscious you know we've gone beyond kale we're actually onto avocado toast now which is the whole millennial thing and um, to get beyond that actually when you're talking when you're talking wellness you're saying okay the air quality of the building or the light quality of the building or the temperature or do you have fitness and do you have this sort of thing when you get to well-being that's more about your esteem and self-actualization of the space. So are you in a place that supports you as a human being? You know, A lot of people are now focused on mission-driven, social equity, diversity, uh, they want to make sure the environment's right, social justice, you know, and are the spaces and, and designs accommodating all these things? Do you feel like you're actually a part of something and belonging to something? So future generations are very focused on that sort of thing. And they're much more interested in the fact or less interested rather if they have a gym or not. It's what else are they a part of? What else can they be, you know, dialed into? What else is in line with what their mission is on a personal level? Yeah. So you're hitting a lot of generations at once, but at the same time you have to make sure that now you're talking about humanity and not just if you're healthy or not, or gym or not, or cafe or not, that kind of
0: thing. Yeah. What about the open space versus you know offices and, and, and separate space. It seems like there was a really push to, to open space and then some tenants are kind of coming back to well maybe they do need some more private space and and, and it looks like a lot of people kind of want the, the best of both worlds. What are you seeing today and, and what are people designing for for the future in that regard?
2: Well hang on to your bell-bottom jeans, Michael from high school. <laughs> At some point it's all coming back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that in the future, it's going to be about, you know, are, are you pairing the right top with the jeans at the end <laughs> of the day? But, you know, the look is still the same. So we have we have gone very far over with open office, you know, to the point where people are, are addressless. You know, they have no real desk. They just sort of come in. They can sit anywhere they want, and they work in, in that fashion. But, you know, we're seeing more and more that, you know, we do need quiet. We do need privacy. We do need a place that is just not in the great wide open of office. And I think it doesn't have to be your, your own personal or private office, but it definitely wants to be a place where you can be quiet or whether it's a quiet car. So it's a, it's a space designated specifically for quiet work, no phones, no nothing. Um, you know, food and the relaxation part is still important, but is it is the foosball table right next to your desk or are <laughs> we creating zones for this, stuff, this sort of thing? Yeah. So I think that's where we've gone so far off to one side. You know, creative and tech firms have really pushed the boundaries and that sort of thing. And of course, we always look up at the uh, the Googles and Apples of the world. So, you know, a lot of us are just playing catch up because those guys have, have set the pace. Um, you know, but I think we are coming back. You're right. I think the pendulum is, is moving back in a way where it's getting to be a little too much we time, as I'm calling it, because I think millennials are like, oh, let's be collaborative. We can work anywhere. As long as we have this couch, a bag, and a desk, and a whiteboard, we're good. But I think, you know, nowadays we are trending towards and we will continue to trend towards um, the sense of me time and that me time, like I said earlier is about that self-actualization, the esteem. How do I feel as a person working where I work?
0: Yeah Well it's interesting when, when I hear you talking about that because like I've got in my office uh, several generations and I have uh, a couple of uh, brokers who have uh, been in business for a long time who are in open space these, these pods and and they really like it and they do not want a private office but yet I've got some guys that have been just a year or two out of uh, UGA real estate grads who, who are young brokers and they're like Michael I want that private office I want that private office so it's really hard to really put the needs or the desires of these people into two to age groups isn't it
2: it's it's hard I mean it's not even age groups I would say it's more work style right so you have to be able to cater toward the different work styles I work in a way where I just want my headphones on and I can sit in a, in a cube and I'm and I'm good and that's how I work. But then, but if I'm right next to the most super chatty person in the universe and I have no flexibility to move or go anywhere else, then it becomes really sort of tough. So everybody works different. Everyone is productive in their own way. Everyone has their own sense of what's important to them in, in their day to day. And so you want to be able to have the space that creates that flexibility that allows them to do that. So yeah, it's not. He's right. Maybe it's not about private office, but it is about. Being able to to isolate yourself because you need to be productive for a long period of time.
0: What are some tips for a landlord? If uh, you know in these office buildings today, we're really keying in on those, those common areas, like you mentioned before, like for example, the lobby. And uh, I go into some of these buildings and lobbies, are kind of okay, they're kind of cookie cutter, they're they're nice, but there's there's nothing that kind of jumps out. And occasionally I go in one where you go, wow, this is really cool. I feel really good in this space. How do you do that, how do you create that?
2: Well, you know, there's a lot of factors in what you just said, and that's, and the last thing you said is actually important. You wanna be able to feel good in that space. You know, you're there 10, 12 hours a day at times or more if you're working and you wanna feel good. And the lobbies of late in the past decade have become like the third space for a building. So if your office is too small or, you know, it doesn't look or feel like the way you wanna work, then you have a third space to go. So people are, oh, building owners are spending a fair amount of time and money to be able to, um, you know, reposition their lobbies to make it a third space. So that's one, to kind of create a good feeling for where you are. And then the question is, what's in there? So if a building owner can't afford to do it or may not, you know, spend the time or, or, or money rather to, uh, you know, to redo their lobby or create those amenities, if you have access to that sort of thing, nowadays people are giving, um you know, gift cards for like Uber or they're giving other sort of concierge level amenities or offerings. If you can do that in a different way, it's about creating a sense of convenience. And those convenience that that are things that matter to you are important. And then you respect that because it it kind of keeps you at ease, you know, as an employee. Like you don't have to stress over every little thing that the either the the building owner does it as from a building management perspective or the your employer does it in that way. And then the last thing you said, which is important is that We are seeing now a big blurring of lines between where you live and where you work, and even that sense of hospitality hotel life. So office buildings look like your home or they look like a cool boutique hotel. And you know, so those are the things that actually make you feel comfortable. As long as you feel good in where you work, you tend to be more productive.
0: Yeah, well it makes sense. And if I have a concierge downstairs in the in the lobby that can help me with, you know, booking a place for lunch or dinner or yeah, that, that's uh, becoming more like a hotel, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I think that's, it is about convenience because the expectation on your employees is increasing more and more, um, you know, because if they are firmly rooted and, and they believe in the mission that they're they're working towards, whether it's, you know, inventing the next best widget or the best data analytics or designing the best building, you want to make sure because they're so into it that the spaces that they're in and doing it are supportive of
0: yeah, well, what tip would you leave us for a uh, landlord who owns a building with some age on it, and uh, maybe he's looking to really improve that that building and that space and that experience?
2: Well, hire a good architect. <laughs> there you go. i <laughs> will go a long way. Yeah. Um, but you know, look, it's it's one of these things, and uh, you know, a lot of building owners know uh, change is inevitable. That's one thing we can always rely on. And uh, the success for building owners and leadership is trying to understand what's important. They have to be able to, from all the same, you know, weed out the things that are working and why. And brokers and 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 building managers will give you the good stories and the horror stories as to why things work and don't work. But you want to be really smart about what it is. But ultimately, it's about creating value for their building. So their building, for whatever they bought it for, has got to do better as a long term long term portfolio holder or a or sell. So creating that value and upholding and prioritizing the things that people find important are what's are what's going to hold the value in the building not just checking these boxes
0: yeah and finding out what the people like uh you know that's that's interesting uh because obviously we want to do that but uh you know how do you go about it do you survey your existing tenants do you survey uh the tenant reps who are potentially putting your, your building on the on the tenants list or not right
2: yeah you know um us even though we're in a in a creative you know, a company being architects or designers or engineers, etc. We're very data driven. We do post occupancy studies. We have a lot of data. We have a lot of information that says historically, not only here's how things are trending, uh, here's what's worked, and you know, hopefully you're talking to some folks that can say, well, here's what we can predict based on X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, and that's going to be that's going to be an important piece. There's a lot of great research out there. Data data analytics is king right now. So you can you know. Uh, you can, you get a lot of good data out there, and research, and uh, and risk. You know, risk is gonna be important because if you're doing the same, you know, you're not gonna be set apart. So you got to, the building owner's gonna to have to take some degree of risk.
0: Yeah. Popularly. Well, I like the thought that you brought up uh, with the concierge, I think, you know, the level of service uh, is something that you can always remember. And even if the the building is not so nice, if if you're greeted warmly when you come in and you're directed to, hey, where a certain tenant is, or where a certain service is, or uh, you know, when I come in my building, the the security folks, you know, they know who I am. They greet me warmly, and uh, you know, I think that can that can go a long way, even if you, you know, have an older building. Uh, it's like, oh, was, yeah, go ahead.
2: I mean, think of think of every vacation you've gone on where they have a concierge desk, and when they help you out and they plan your dinner, and you have a great night, and you're like, man, I'm so glad that, that person recommended X, Y, or Z. That's you know that's that connection that everybody wants you yeah. know? and I think that's how, and that's how you can develop it, whether it's concierge level or it's a, some sort of like tenant, you know, um, uh, what we call a cruise director type person that can really like, you know, create activities within, within the building.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, good information, Harold. Thanks for joining us. Right. Good information as usual.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Michael.
0: And if you like more information, check them out at CBT architect. And thanks for joining us around the U.S. or around the country, wherever you're listening or watching. We appreciate you doing that. Hey, and thank you for sharing the show and reaching out to us. Uh, please follow us and connect with us on your favorite social media sites and uh, and uh, reach out to us from time to time. We appreciate hearing from you. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial agent success strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.